Welcome to the ENS HQ podcast, the only show you need to help you become a better ENS domain name investor. Join your hosts, TJ Larkin and Mike Higgins, as they dive deep into the world of Web3 domain names and bring you actionable ideas, concepts, and tips on how to make smarter decisions on your ENS investing journey. If you're looking to up your game as an ENS investor, or just want to learn what all the excitement in the space is about, you've come to the right place. Enjoy the show. Hey there. Welcome back to the ENSHQ podcast. I'm here with Crystal again. How's it going, Crystal? Great. How are you doing? Doing awesome. We've uh, had a little bit of a break with some stuff going on as we're, we're building the ENSHQ platform right now. Um, I was at Consensus. I know you've been doing some, uh, some stuff, but uh, we're here. We're back. Again, the, uh, everybody should check out the website. It's not fully ready yet. It's not perfect, but it's, it's up and running. So feel free to check that out. Crystal's written a bunch of good stuff. I'm going to start doing some here soon. Um, it's enshq.xyz, by the way. Um, and yeah, how are you feeling about that, Crystal? Super excited. Like, I, I love it. I can see where it's going and, uh, you know, much improved from version one. But uh, yeah, always keep keep uh, keep growing, keep reiterating, right? So yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. Awesome. Same here. Yeah. And if anybody else wants to consider writing for us, feel free to reach out to me or Crystal. Um, could be a great way to get in early and uh, become, you know, a published a published author on a, an ENS site, especially as we all know why we're all here, that ENS is going to end up growing into something absolutely massive. Um, and it'd be cool to, to get in early. So if anybody wants to reach out to me for that, feel free. Um, all right. Well, let's chat about some of the stuff. We got a few news uh, items to kind of go over. Nothing too deep, really, but but some good, interesting stuff. So first, let's talk about some recent sales. I know there hasn't been a ton of massive sales, but there have been a couple big ones that kind of, again, are the the type that I think we're going to see a lot more of, which is good. So the first was Roblox.eth sold for 20 ETH. Again, that's around $40,000 for Roblox.eth. And then GMGM.eth <clears throat> sold for 10 ETH. So that's nearly 20 grand. So both of these are are similar yet different, and you know again good signs for ENS um, Roblox obviously being a massive billion dollar company, and then GMGM more of a meme type name that I believe it was a I don't know if it's a company or just a group or something that is going to utilize it. They're kind of like a a meme type company or something that that's wanting to use it. So, and Roblox, I don't think we know if. 100% yet if it was Roblox. But again, I suspect that that pricing, it was them or somebody related to them or something. Do, do you know any more than, than I do on those? I know that's about what I know, but I have the same uh, suspicion that it's it's more than likely Roblox per- yeah. who purchased it. Exactly. And we also have to keep in mind in, in things like this, even if you know the account may not, the, the wallet may not be Roblox's wallet. You know, A lot of times companies like this, they, they do things through holding companies at least in the web two world. And, and what that could mean for web three is, you know, wallets of random, you know, maybe it's some executive's wife who they just put it in her wallet because they don't want it to be associated with the brand just yet because they're still making plans and they, you know, so that just because yeah. we don't know hundred percent doesn't mean it's, it's not them. Um, right. And okay. to that, just to kind of extend on that t- this morning, I just found uh, the block um, posted that Roblox collected $774 million selling in-game digital currency. So, I mean, 
this just makes sense for them and that they clearly see the the future and the benefits of of ENS. So it's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. So companies like this, this is why this one makes so much sense, even more so than the, uh, what was the accounting company that supposedly bought theirs for 80 or 100 ETH or something? Um, I don't even, can't uh, remember the name. While, don't, while yeah. yeah, it was mayors or something like that. But um, even though it may, that one makes sense too, again, they're a multi-billion dollar international company and they deal with accounting. And if they see the future of uh, cryptocurrencies being involved, you know, there's plenty of reasons for them to do it. But that is still a step or two away from being the most obvious use cases or brands that would want it. Roblox, I would put in the top 10 that should have their name, right? Because they right. are, their entire company is built around a concept that crypto is going to disrupt, right? Which yeah. is what you just said, right? In-game spending, they know, exactly. you know that NFTs are going to become the future of you know online gaming, metaverse gaming, like what they do. So- Companies like Roblox, especially with the money they have, they need to think like Netflix, right? Like Netflix used to think, right? right? When Netflix went from DVDs to streaming, which I think was like, oh, nine or, or 2010, I, I was a big Netflix fan at the time from the DVDs. And I remember when they announced this and <laughs> I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Like, what do you mean streaming? I don't want to watch on my computer, like, and, and watch, wait for buffering forever, right? But Netflix <laughs> was smart enough to see, yes, that's where it is today, but in the future, this is going to become normalized with the growth of technology and how everything's going to change. And so companies that are smart enough like Roblox to think the way Netflix used to, that's what they're doing is yes, they're not going to use this name in any, you know, to change everything tomorrow, but they know this is where it's headed and it makes sense to get in front of it. Otherwise you're blockbuster, right? And they don't want to be blockbuster. Right. Yep. I feel like this is similar to, well, I might, you know, date myself, but I mean, I had, I've used an iPod forever. I had like generation one back in, back in the day. Um, and you know, so I had all my playlists and a billion CDs and all that. Mm -hmm. And so like when everything started streaming music wise on Spotify or, or Apple or iTunes, whatever, I'm like, man, I still just want to buy the CD, right? Like I just couldn't let go of the physical thing. But of course now over the years, I'm like, no, nobody buys the CD anymore. You just, I mean, you don't even have to own it digitally if you don't want to. I mean, I do because I like to support the artists or whatever, but, um, you know, you, it's the new norm, right? Streaming, yep. music, movies, everything. It's the new norm. And those companies that were that were first, you know, uh, now 10 years later, man, they're just the, the leaders in the space by a mile. So... That's actually a great example. I, I remember too, um, I used to buy CDs. I bought CDs all the way up till about 2013 or 14. But I remember when I first heard about Spotify and I remember thinking, why, yeah. you know, why do you want to pay every month? You don't own the music. Again, same thought that you had, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't even own it. I'm paying every month. And then what happens when I lose signal? And, you know, like all these obvious problems, you just kind of reject it. But now it's like people can't think of a world without you know, Spotify and Apple music and things like this. It's just so normal. And I think that's, again, that's the future of NFTs, right? It's like, and how, we're how it's been integrated. Ownership. Yeah. And how it's been integrated into other things, right? Like cars, right? You just automatically with Bluetooth, your, your phone, and then Spotify, you use Spotify to have your playlist when you're on the road or whatever. And there's, you know, apparel who that has, um, just think of all the charging stations and all these things, right? There's all these um, supplementary uh, businesses that 
once they see like, okay, this is, this is what the masses have grabbed onto and this is the future. So there's just so many, uh, yeah, accessories to it, right. That we probably can't even think of right now. Exactly. Exactly. And so the big companies are aware of this, right? They do not want to get left behind. They do not want to be blockbuster. They are building behind the scenes, right? Um, And they're just waiting for it to to happen. And whether that's, by the way, Amazon, which I haven't heard anything recently, was supposed to, Amazon's NFT marketplace is supposed to come out this month. Um, I know they pushed it back. I think it was supposed to come out March, then April, now May. I mean, who knows when it'll come out, but my understanding, and I talked to somebody who's pretty big in NFTs, who is, is familiar with what's going on and said, they are going in full steam ahead. They are not dipping their toe in. Like this is big mm-hmm. for them. I guess, and, I think his name is Andy Jassy, who's the new CEO um, when okay. Jeff Bezos stepped down. And he, I guess, has made very positive statements about NFTs. So they, again, they see the future, right? And they want to help lead that yeah. charge instead of lag. And so I know a lot of people mm-hmm. in NFTs are kind of reticent to get excited because companies like Meta and, you know, with Instagram starting NFTs and then they bailed on it. And, you know, while they kind of put some effort in, they didn't really try to change things where it sounds like Amazon is doing that. Right. So companies are aware of this. Right. And they say, okay, what happens if Amazon is successful here? This could, this could change everything. I mean, I think, is it like 50% of us citizens have an Amazon prime account? It's between 40 and 50% have an Amazon prime account. And yeah. And Amazon, it's they've already said, or I guess it's not 100% official, but it's unofficially official that they are going to be promoting this marketplace to all Prime members, which means right. 50% of the US is going to directly know about this pretty quickly. Right. So, yeah. anyway, we could talk about the future of <laughs> NFT all day because it's exciting, because it is going to change everything. Right. But, but um, the, I think the GMGM sale is almost more interesting because Roblox is a company. There's, you know, again, trademark issues. And, you know, I know a lot. We've talked about this numerous times about the idea of investing in trademark names is very controversial. But something like GMGM is a better example because that's not a trademark thing. It's more of a meme. It's a phrase. It's something that anybody could just own and could have thought early about this, you know. And then now all of a sudden it's, it's become a popular concept. So a company like this wants to latch on to a popular word or phrase or term to build their brand off of, right? And so you can think of any other example, uh, ways that could go, other words or terms you could see a company take advantage of that's not trademarked. Yeah, I agree. I think GMGM is like, obviously, it's a fantastic one. The whole um, world of crypto users, I mean, GM has such meaning for us and it's Mm -hmm. kind of puts a smile on your face, right? It's funny. And so, yeah, the company that bought it, the nine, uh, nine gag or nine GAG, I mean, literally their entire website is pushing the best LOLs and WTF gifts, um, per their, (laughs) their homepage. Um, so it's like perfect for that. It's a perfect fit. And, uh, yeah. So I'm sure yeah. they'll do some pretty hilarious and creative things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. Again, we, we're hoping to see, you know, eventually we're going to get to a point where sales like this will be a daily occurrence as opposed to, you know, three or four a month, um, hopefully many times per day. But again, it's still happening in the barest of bear markets, essentially right now, with very mm-hmm. little sales happening, people are still spending tens of thousands of dollars on these names. Right. And again, you just have right. to remember why. ENS names are one of ones. There's only one. If you don't get the one you want, 
you're out of luck. You can get any other one. You can get derivatives. You can add an X, add a one, whatever. You cannot get the name you want. You only have one chance from one person, right? And think right. of how insane when when this is going to be when ENS grows and becomes a big thing when people know that, hey, if you get this last name or first name and you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people with that name and six of them are multimillionaires. Like how much will they pay to be the one? It's just the FOMO is going to be incredible at that point. Oh, and the market too, right? When the market turns back up, just the price of, of Ether, I mean, yeah, they paid 10 ETH, but so much, obviously everyone um, denominates in US dollars, right? In their brain. So yeah, they paid, um, the auditing company was... Mazars.eth. So they bought it for 93 ETH, which in today's dollars, 100 or and the exchange rate, $195,000, right? So, but just wait two years till ETH is up to, you know, 5,000, 10,000 for one. It'll seem like a steal of the century Mm -hmm. that they only got it for less than 200 grand. I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to to watch this happen. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's that's all we got for uh, for the sales. But so another interesting, I don't think we talked about this on the last episode. If we did, I, I apologize. But I think it's a very big sign for um, the belief in ENS from very serious people in the crypto space. And that was that ENS Vision raised $2 million uh, for their platform. And they raised it, I don't know, probably not all of it, but a significant portion of it was from a uh, crypto fund called One Confirmation, which is one of the biggest, uh, most respected VC funds in the crypto space. And so, to me, when I, when I hear this, it's you know they did this during you know the bear market. ENS sales have have dropped a ton, relatively speaking, in terms of the aftermarket sales, which is where ENS's vision is going to make most of their money. And they still were willing to bet two million dollars on their success, knowing they also have a bunch of competitors already. Um, this to me is is serious people really investigating the space and saying this space is going to grow exponentially over the next few years. We want to have an ownership stake in that. Again, even though does it directly help people like us that ENS Vision raised two million dollars? No, but it's a clear bet on ENS the the protocol and the ecosystem. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Just another right, similar to Coinbase issuing all their users, you know, ENS names, sub names, and all that. And yeah, does that help me directly? Probably not. But again, it's just bringing mass adoption to the space. So I'm um, I'm for mm-hmm. that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and speaking of ENS Vision, they did just kind of revamp their entire system to. I know one of the biggest updates was allowing for secondary sale or uh, secondary sales of subnames, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is a, a really cool thing. Again, I don't know that it's going to be used a ton in the short term, but long term, that's a very smart right. play. And the ability to do that, again, you can just imagine john.smith.eth being worth a ton of money, right? Some n- names exactly. names like that uh, being being very valuable. And I know there's a ton of other updates. Everybody should go check it out. They, they're doing some really cool stuff over there, building out functionality. Um, but speaking of Subnames, which is not necessarily the best news, but again, it's a short-term problem, is the fact that right, I think it was literally the same day or maybe the day before or day after that ENS, uh, everything went final and working with the subname system that the Pepe uh, coin (laughs) situation, the crap coins 
started to really pop off, which has made the gas fees on Ethereum much, much higher than they've been. I would say from what, what it was before was, I mean, 20 Guay. I mean, essentially the way I like to think about it, because this is my my baseline for how I think of gas prices is what would it cost me to register an ENS name, right? In gas. Right. And so before the this Pepe coin and all this, uh, these made up coins that are now everybody, all anybody wants to talk about, registering an ENS name was usually about 15 bucks if you could do it late on a weekend and then high of maybe 25 if you did it on a Monday afternoon. Now it's been between, you know, 65 on the low end up to, you know, I saw $160 recently to register a name. So, I mean, you're talking about right. four to 10 X the price. And again, you get nothing for that. That's just transaction fees. <laughs> and so it just doesn't make sense really to even use ENS at all right now. Um, I, I've almost stopped even looking at the the ENS tools, the expiry name list. I'm kind of just not doing anything because I just, it's just too much money in gas right now. And I feel like a lot of people in the same boat. And so this, you also have to pay the same fees to do the subnames. So I wanted right. to create, I wanted to create the first one I was going to do was tj.enshq.eth and then crystal.enshq.eth. And I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not doing it because it's too much. So kind of stinks. There's not a lot going on with the subnames yet that we want to see. But again, it's only because fees are just too high and nobody wants to do it right now. But hopefully people realize how stupid these these coins are. Again, it's fine. People made a lot of money. That's great. But overall, it's not a smart bet. And or at least not all these other ones. Right. Like now, every how many have been released recently? Probably a thousand. Yeah. Ninety percent of them are just rugs. Um, right. You know, right. I, I imagine people are going to realize it. 2023 is the summer of, uh, meme coins, man. Well, and hopefully the, hopefully it's mostly from now we'll look back. Yeah. Hopefully oh yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and what I think at this point, it's probably going to happen is, you know, like what happens, you know, it's, it's actually kind of a good thing. If you think about it, how this type of thing usually works out is there's one clear winner and then everybody just recognizes the the money is to be in the winner, not try to pick second place because the odds of second place actually succeeding enough that it's worth it. It just doesn't make sense. So everybody piles into the winner. Yeah. So in the in in this situation, Pepe is probably going to stick around and be basically the next Dogecoin, right? It's not you know it'll it'll mm-hmm. sit around a billion dollars, maybe two, you know, and it'll kind of move here and there a little bit more than normal, but it'll it'll be valuable in that sense. But all the other ones are going to go to zero or close to it. And in a way, you could think about that comparable to like ENS, right? Okay, there's 50 right. different TLDs for uh, Web3 domain names. Do you want to pick, focus on trying to pick second place or does it make sense to just invest in names in the winner, right? And this exactly. is the case with a lot of things that, that that usually is the smarter bet. And I think the same thing is going to happen with Web3 domain names. Like, yeah, could you go get a, I mean, you actually can't without spending a fortune, but if you could get a good unstoppable name or something like, oh, maybe they'll be valuable too. Maybe, but wouldn't it make more sense to just invest what's obviously going to win and not hope that your second place bet might be good too, maybe? Um, right. So. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. But again, exactly. hopefully, moral of the story, hopefully gas fees uh, come down soon so that everybody can get jump back in and not, not blow all their money. Uh, on gas fees. And it's especially painful for ENS because of renewals, right? Like not only 
Right. You know, if you were want to buy, you know, like I think I I did buy one when it was like thirty or forty in gas or something. I bought a Jack Butcher, another one because I I like what he's doing. Um, but that's because okay, yeah, it cost me thirty bucks in fees or forty bucks in fees. But then okay, that's it. Where with ENS, you run the risk of okay, you did it for one year, and then next year, what if the same problem comes up? And so uh, it, it doesn't make as much sense to pay higher fees with ENS as it can with other things. Right. Right. Unless yeah. unless you can get a really good name for cheap, then it does. Right. If you see a good expiry name or somebody's willing to dump a name, of course. But in general, it's going to it's harder to justify, I feel like, with ENS than other things. Yeah, you're definitely better off just being patient um, yeah. and waiting for it to slow down a little bit. I mean, like you said, unless there's one specific, you know, what if your last name someone is letting go, yeah. then fine, I would. jump on it. Yeah, right? yeah. But, if it's something you're, yeah. you're going to keep for yourself, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. If it's something that you're just hoping to flip at some point when ENS is, is bigger, I generally, I would say just, uh, just wait. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Another interesting piece of news. And I, I like this one because again, it's super small, but it's just so why I think we're here in ENS was so Uniswap there. So Uniswap, I'm trying to look at how, how valuable they are. If that's on here. I think they raised it a $4 billion valuation. I don't know. It, Uniswap is, I think the most used protocol in Ethereum, right? Do you know? I, I think it is. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but I would put my money on it. I think it's, yeah. I think it might be number one and ENS is number two. I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I think so. Um, so Uniswap is one of the most respected, used, valuable, you know, protocols, yeah. uh, systems in, in web three. And they, on their social media made a post saying, uh, that regular wallet addresses are ugly. So you should use <laughs> ENS and this is why we integrated ENS in our system. Right. So again, you've got the most yeah. powerful, most, most valuable protocol in Ethereum telling you to use ENS because if you don't, your system looks ugly, which is true. Not only is it ugly, it's hard to understand. <laughs> it's hard to make sure you don't screw it up. There's, there's tons of bad things about it, but ugly is just such a big one, right? We talk about how clean it is to have an, EN, an ENS name, and that's because the opposite is unclean. It's, it's ugly. Seeing this big, giant, long string of characters when you're trying to do transactions, is, it's, your brain can't process, is this mine or not? Is this mine or right. did I accidentally put a friend's or, or someone that I, I copied when I was searching on OpenSea or something, right? You just, your brain can't know, but when you use ENS, you can. And so it's just exactly. cool to see such valuable company uh, doing this, right? Promoting ENS yeah. this way and integrating with it. Yep. They've got a $3.74 billion uh, market valuation and okay. they're definitely oh, DeFi, like the biggest decks out there. Um, mm. And yeah, the exact tweet, I just love it. They're, they're not mincing words. Account hashes are confusing and low key ugly. That's okay. why our wallet has native ENS support. So yeah, you can't, you, you can't get a better uh, endorsement than that. So <laughs> I mean, we talk about this all the time, but how many NFTs or or just projects in general get promoted by the most important individuals and companies in Web3? There is only one, and it's ENS, right? Brian yeah. Armstrong, yeah. Coinbase, Uniswap, Vitalik, Balaji, um, Jerry Brito from the, the uh, Coin Center who deals with uh, Congress. Everybody talks mm -hmm. about ENS. Right. I mean, there's just not a better play in all of Web3 when you have this kind of support behind you 
while also having a thousand X opportunity, right? If you're oh, smart. Right, if- right. We're, we're still early. We're still early. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, all right. Last thing I want to talk about and probably the most significant is uh, Nick Johnson, founder of ENS, tweeted. Uh, what, what should we call it here? A, um, he a, waved a, a white flag, kind of yeah, a waved, truce, waved, right? Literally waved the white flag. Well, digitally, he <laughs> waved it. Um, he so he did a... Did, was it a full? Yeah, it was like a, a mini thread. Just saying, I think what do you say here? It's, uh, you know, ENS is six years old, you know, just wrote a few things about it. And then here, I'll, I'll read the one um, that, that relates here. It says, I know my attitude towards speculation is not popular amongst many in the community. Consider this something of a white flag and offer of truce towards you all. I see the value you bring through your advocacy and outreach. Thank you for helping grow ENS. So, mm-hmm. This to me is a, is a really big, a really big thing. Um, now it's, you know, ma- many in the community have been concerned about him and some of the others, uh, Gary Palmer being the biggest, their antagonistic attitude toward the community. Now Gary is, is much, much worse than, than Nick. <laughs> I would say Nick has been more just kind of dismissive um, in a negative way. Yeah. Cause in some ways I don't blame him for being dismissive Again, as I, I've stated before, all we want in the community is for for the DAO to be credibly neutral, right? Which is to say, right? Just just don't talk about it. Just who cares? Like there is a secondary market. You don't have to have anything to do with it. You don't have to talk about it in a good way, but don't talk about it in a bad way. Just just ignore it. You are creating a protocol that allows for all these awesome things to happen. What people do with it, how they do secondary markets or not, is just let it be, right? That's what we want. Would, right. would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so him basically, I think this is him kind of acknowledging that I need to to do that to get to a point where I just am not causing issues. Again, that's all we want. That That's what we want is him to get there. Don't, don't antagonize anybody. Yes, there may, there are things going on in the community that I don't blame him for not liking. There's things I don't like that people do. There's people who, you know, the other thing I do feel bad for him is people who are just too negative, like just, you know, directly just unnecessarily rude. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would not want yeah. to be in his position dealing with that. Um, but the best way I think for him to, to deal with it is again, to just kind of ignore it and don't, do things to egg that on. Even some of the things he did that I would say kind of egged it on were pretty small. You know, they were kind of minor statements, but at the same time, he, he kind of knows that statements like he's got to know that statements like this can get on people's nerves and then they'll make it a hundred X bigger than he meant, but he kind of egged it on. Right. And so if he can avoid that and just not discuss that stuff, then that's going to help the entire community and, and it's going to take away, you know, that's the hard thing with the people who are too negative, you know, they usually have a point, at least even if it's a small one, in my estimation, there's something to what they're saying, even though they take it way too far. And so if he can do this and really be credibly neutral, then they won't even have a point at all anymore. And it'll be easy to just dismiss those people and say, you know, you literally should just block those people and ignore them because they have no point. Where right now it's like it's hard to just want to block them and not hear what they have to say because in some ways they do have a point. Right. Would you what are your right. thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, both sides need to um, I think articulate their words a little better. Um, 
cleaner. Because uh, obviously online, so much gets misconstrued. You you lose tone and mm-hmm. um, and meaning, right? Um, and so I, yeah, I thought Nick's tweet was was. Uh, you know, I commend him for that. Um, mm-hmm. Reading through all the comments, I think a lot of people in the community accepted it with open arms. You know, thanks for being a decent steward. Um, another one says, I'm absolutely impressed. I thought you were incapable of moving an inch. Um, and I'm happy to see um, see you say this. So being a huge speculator, I appreciate this deeply, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, in anything, right? Like, if you have something negative to say, um, or you have a criticism, think about um, how to articulate that or bring a potential solution versus just screaming that you don't like the status quo, right? Um, and and from Nick's point, it sounds like he's going to be more um, open to to listening. Um, to what the community is saying. And uh, that doesn't mean he needs to take every suggestion, obviously. Um, but, but just knowing that you're heard um, is definitely, you know, valuable. And I think that'll help mend some of these, uh, some of these bridges we've got here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, overall, very positive. Let's, let's just see if he can follow through. Right. And, and honestly, it seems like yeah. at least in the last few months, he really doesn't tweet doesn't say that much. So I'm really feeling like this should be, you know, a long-term positive that he'll he'll actually abide by this. I think that's very possible. And I think that that'll be a great thing for the ecosystem because, you know, when you're this small, again, ENS is great. It's huge, you know, um, but the active community of, you know, who are big fans of ENS, this is mostly speculators. I don't even like that term. I say investors. I know. Um, like me, right? <laughs> Technically, I'm speculating, but realistically, it's 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 investing, right? So most of the active community are investors right now, and it just is not good for the system to have there be tons of fighting among, you know, between the DAO, the community, and and it just doesn't make sense. You know, I guess my point would be, even if Nick was 100% right, it's still not a good play because you're, you're still hurting right. yourself even being right. You know, and I think this is probably what he's thinking, right? I, I suspect he's probably not admitting he's wrong as much as just admitting I should just shut up, right? Which in <laughs> right. the end, if he does it, I guess it, it doesn't matter, right? That's still a good outcome. Um, but just being positive and helping try to grow this community should be should be the number one thing, right? Um, yeah, just keep everyone, everyone on all sides. Just keep in mind, we all want the same thing. We all love ENS. We all want the community to grow and succeed. Um, so instead of fighting about which path to take to get there, you know, let's listen to everyone. And uh, and there's definitely more than one road that will lead to a successful outcome. As I said before, I think ENS has such a lead, so much value that even without doing anything good and positive, it's still going to win. I just think it may take a lot longer than if we actually work together. And especially if they can start with a good, solid marketing plan, which again, it's, I don't know if it's just Gary seems to be the one always throwing shade on this idea of, of marketing. I don't know that Nick's talked about it a ton lately, but um, it's just such a no brainer, but at minimum, I, I, I think they, we should get something going, a dialogue about the good and the bad and what the Dow can do versus what they can't do. Maybe there are some sort of, 
you know, limitations via the setup of the DAO that, that people like you and I aren't aware of, fine. But like, let's have a clear and concise conversation about the pros and the cons um, and see if there's some sort of opportunity there. Again, I mean, it's just not common for a, a, a situation like this, a protocol like this to have as big of a fan as somebody like Matt Higgins, who is, you know, one of the smarter business people in the space, in the, in the United States. I mean, the guy hosts Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's somebody you should take his advice or at least right. seriously consider it. And he says, we need marketing, business development, right? Outreach to web three brands, maybe some web two brands. If they're kind of in the middle, again, company like Roblox is a perfect example of non web web three that we should probably be reaching out to and being able to help grow ENS um, via these, these brands that could be perfect for it. Right. Of course, I'm sure right. some way be, you know, board apes probably has a connect, you know, has talk to the DAO or at least under, they probably understand it, but there's plenty of other ones that maybe don't that, that could use that. Right. And so anyway, I think that'll be yeah. valuable if we can, can have that dialogue and at least get something going in that way. I think that would also just make the community feel so much better about things. Right. So maybe they say, look, yeah. we don't even think it's that great of my idea, but you know what, if it'll galvanize the community that could actually provide so much value that even if it doesn't work, it still worked. Right. Right. So, <laughs> So yeah. yeah. Oh, and then lastly, let's just talk about this real quick too. I I'm forgetting his name. So the the director uh, situation Alex. is officially. Um, I know it's Alex something. I, I'm forgetting. AVS, AVSA.eth, He's known AVS, as okay. but Alex Van de Sandy. Um, Van de, okay. Right. So he officially okay. won um, okay. by a landslide, and uh, and Nick and Brantley too. I mean, they're delegates, and they they both voted for Alex. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, both candidates, I think would have been really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, yep. I'm very happy that now that hole has been filled and yep. he can hit the ground running. And um, yeah, I think he'll be good for the, I mean, he's been in the space for 10 years, yeah. but um, exactly. he's, he's kind of a core founder as well, but um, yeah. So he knows the ins and outs, but I think he's more open to perhaps the marketing side of things that well, are not the strengths of the other directors. Exactly. Well, I, I hope you're right. I think that's the key here is now that <laughs> I think this happened in the last week, hopefully he'll start mm-hmm. putting some of his thoughts out there on how to how to get um, help grow ENS. And again, I think the key to understand with this marketing stuff is it doesn't need to be done by the Dow. It can be done by third parties. There, there's just so many options. I mean, I'm sure there's tons. I'm not a marketing person. I'm sure there's tons of ways that I'm not even aware of. I think the key is to investigate all of them, right? And figure right. out what, what would be best because somebody like Nick, again, I don't know him very, you know, only the few podcasts I've heard him talk, but he seems like somebody who's amazing at what he, what he does, which is building and tech and even ideas mm-hmm. of building cool tech and stuff, which is great. But if you're not good at marketing, that's totally fine, but just, you know, find somebody who is. Right. That's, right. that's the key. So yeah, yeah, the president of the United States mm-hmm. is not amazing at every single thing, but you know what? They surround themselves with the, the leaders in the space and the people who do know that stuff. Right. Exactly. And so that's what any yeah. good leader I think does. Yeah. Yeah. As a good leader, you want to be the dumbest person in your room, right? If, especially if you're the <laughs> right. one curating the room, if you're curating yeah. the room and you're the smartest one in the room, you did a bad job. Um, yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, I think this was a good one. Got, went over some yep. some good information. Um, so just to, to wind up here, remember everybody check out the newsletter, by the way. So 
Um, you can find you can find that sign up on the website enshq.xyz. It's in the top right. Uh, you can follow me at tj tjlarkin.eth or at at tjlarkin23. Uh, Crystal is just you're at Crystal Zern, right? Yep. On Twitter yep. and Crystal Zern. Oh, I also want to mention TJ. Yeah, I um, I think it went live a week or two ago, right? But I oh, did yeah. do a podcast. Um, I was the guest on a podcast called Crypto Conversion, um, yes. and it was awesome. These these three guys are just like we. I love them. Um, but yeah, just take a look for it. It's on YouTube, Spotify. It's at Crypto Conversion. It's really okay. simple to yeah. find, but um, just definitely want to um, want to plug that. And obviously, if you watch the episode I was on, great. But they have a lot of other really awesome um, episodes with some cool content that I think our our listeners would enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, uh, you could write up a quick thing and put it on the the website. Put the link inside an article um, about that, so people can hopefully find it on our our website as well. So I will do perfect. that. Yep. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks, Crystal. Thanks, everyone. Again, feel free to reach out to us about anything, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Sounds great. See you later. All right. See you.